This is ESPN New York Tonight. Well, this is interesting. Woj bomb, woj bomb, woj bomb. Knicks are sending Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, two future second round picks and $6 million to the Pistons to clear the way for them to sign free agent Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. 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 So the first thing that I said to JP and, and Snake, where were they? Where was Detroit last week when I wanted Ivy? <laughs> and they said I didn't have anything they wanted. What, what, what's up with that? What, 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 what's going on? What, what? What? And you still had to send money? You had to send money because Nerlens Noel is always hurt. <laughs> That's probably why. Alec Burks, listen. Uh, very good role player, did a nice job for this team, asked to play a position that he had no business playing as far as point guard was concerned, really helped them in that year where they, when they got to the postseason. So he was an excellent player. He was a good Nick. He's a very good utility guy. But the Knicks are trying to move on and get better. And so that kind of leads us into our poll question. At hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Okay, Nick fans, what would you rather see happen? Sign Jalen Brunson, send three first round picks for Jelante Murray. I can't remember. You only allow twenty five characters. <laughs> I guess I could have put D Murray right, Delante Murray from San Antonio. Or do you want to trade for Trey Jones? I heard a number of you talk about him, the backup point guard down in Memphis. So what would you rather do if you, as a Knicks fan, if you were in Leon Rose's seat, what would you rather see happen? What would you do? Sign Jalen Brunson, send three number ones for Delante Murray, or trade for Trey Jones. LeBron Jones. Yeah, okay. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN and Y, 98 underscore 7. And it's clear. Woj also says that the Knicks are the number one spot, the number one destination for Jalen Brunson. Now, remember, the Knicks were also the number one spot for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. New York, we here. So uh, be careful. (laughs) It's not a done deal yet. According to the Dallas Morning News, they also agree that the Knicks are the number one choice. And, uh, you know, the Mavericks, remember, remember, um, tried to sign him previously, and he did not sign them. Um, according to this article, since last offseason, Brunson has been eligible for a four-year, $55 million extension to the second-round rookie contract he signed in 2018, but the Mavericks didn't present it to his camp before the season or at the midway point when an agreement before the trade deadline would have made him ineligible for Dallas to include in the potential deal. So that kind of makes you think that they were going to try to move him rather than lose him for nothing if they couldn't sign him. That that seems to be their thought process, right? And that makes sense because they were going to make a move. They knew that they were short. They knew they didn't have enough, but they ended up moving a, a former Nick in Christoph Porzingis. You remember him. The unicorn? KPZ? Yeah. Well, he was supposed to be uh, helping working with them to make them the next best thing to happen. 
and that didn't work out. So it looks as though the Knicks, once again, all local media, you heard it in the Sports Center at the top of the hour, the Knicks right now are the number one destination point for Jalen for Jalen Brunson. But here's something interesting. According to uh, a couple of sources, Jalen Brunson wants, <laughs> and if I were him, I'd want it too. Listen, I want to know anyway. I'm not even the free agent and I want to know. But Jalen Brunson, according to sources familiar with him, want the Knicks to lay out what plans they're going to have to try to make this team a contender. Which means that they could tell him the wrong thing. He's like, you know what? I'll go back to Dallas. <laughs> I know I know where they're headed. I know what they've got going here. I'm good here. No, 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 no. You mean ping pong? Hopefully not next year. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, that's interesting. I want to see. And that's standard procedure. I want to understand what you have. I want to see where we're going, what you're trying to do. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's you know, that's standard procedure. The rumor is, right, four years, $100 million for Jalen Brunson to be your point guard for the New York Knicks. What are your thoughts? 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at HardestyESPN, that ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM, where you will be able to weigh in on our poll question. Eli's in the Big Apple. Eli, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hi. Um, so I've been a Knicks fan my entire life, and I've seen the Knicks go through many stages of worse and worse and one little spark in 2012. And I honestly just don't think Jalen Brunson is an all-star. It's going to be where we have to take us. We have a very young team. We need a guy that can help build us at the same time carry us. And I think we're clearing all this cap space out just for a guy who's a little bit over um, average. And last year he ex- excelled only because Luca was being doubled and he was really the guy that nobody was expecting. So you're not, you don't think Jalen Brunson will help this team? I think he will help him. I just don't think it's worth all the stuff that we've done, especially with the draft and now trading Burks and Noel, who obviously Noel has been injury prone. I just don't think he's the, the next piece that we need to carry this team far into a playoffs. All right, Eli, I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. I will say this. They've, they've got to do something. They cannot stand pat. And they are they're under pressure, okay? They're under pressure here to try to get something going because of what happened last year, because they tried to make moves and those moves didn't happen. And they had to give up a draft choice to erase one of those moves. So that's 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 not good. Antoine's in the Big Apple. Antoine, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Larry? How are you? I'm doing great, Antoine. What's up, my friend? All right. I uh, just want to uh, get on here. and uh, just I don't know that the Knicks need Colin Sexton. At, I mean, a uh, Jalen Brunson at $25 million a year, where you've got a combo guard like Colin Sexton coming out of Cleveland, who's a restricted free agent, who's definitely looking to get out of there. So that would be my my route with uh, with the point guard situation going on in New York. All right, Antoine, here's my concern there. Thanks for the phone call. Colin Sexton, and he's been rumored to be coming here for a couple of seasons now. There's no doubt about that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that concerns me about him. When you say restricted free agent, that means that whatever deal you make, 
All Cleveland has to do is match it. And Cleveland has a very nice nucleus going, a nice young nucleus going on there. So I hear what you're saying about him maybe wanting to get out, but listen, right now Cleveland's in a better spot than the Knicks are. With their young talent and the way they play, the way they can play, they've got Jared Allen there, they've got a bunch of young players. They're they're a team on the rise. So I hear what you're saying, but but you know, I don't know that Jalen I don't know that Colin Sexton would be able you there's no guarantee he's coming. There's less of a guarantee that he's coming than Jalen Brunson. Okay? There's less of a guarantee. And there's no guarantee that Brunson can come because Dallas can still pay him the most money. So if it's about money, he can stay there. If it's about money and winning, why is he even entertaining the Knicks? Is he just trying to use the Knicks to move up the money to uh you know, get a bigger contract from Dallas? Is that what he's trying to do? Because clearly Dallas is far and away further along and has a better team and a better – they've got a number one superstar in Luka Doncic. They've got a superstar. They've they've got Batman. (laughs) They've got Batman. Okay, so they're in a good spot. Yes, they're out west. Yes, it's it's, a little tougher out there than it is in the east, but still – It's a little different. A quick poll question tonight. Nick fans, what would you rather see happen? Sign Jalen Brunson. Send three number ones for Delonte Murray from San Antonio. Or trade for Trey Jones, the backup point guard in Memphis. And as you know already, the Knicks have played Let's Make a Deal with Detroit. They're sending a couple of uh, second-round picks. Six million dollars. And Nerlens Noel and Burks. Yep, so Burks is gone. Alec Burks is gone. Nerlens Noel is gone. $6 million is gone. But according to Woj, it should clear up $19 million in cap space for the Knicks. And I guess that means that uh, Jalen Brunson, they have the money to sign Jalen Brunson. Now, here's the thing. And we've had this this conversation a couple of nights. And I know there's many of you who are just not a fan of Jalen Brunson. You're not. But Dan Grasso, who did a fabulous job on before me here on 9870 ESPN, makes a great point. What happens if this deal falls through? Those of you who are like, I don't want Jalen Brunson. I don't want Jalen Brunson. The first thing you're going to say is what? Dang. They cleared all that cap space and still couldn't get Jalen Brunson. That's what you're going to say. So at this point, if they're going after him, they better land him. Okay? And for me, if you're telling me this was plan B or C, because I, you know how I feel. They never get plan A. If this was plan B or C and they land it, that's good. And then I want to see what the other moves are going to be. Right? Do they still keep? Evan Fournier, do they move him to try to get another speed piece? Do they do they try to uh, get rid of Julius Randle? What what is the next step? Because clearly, signing Jalen Brunson is not the end all be all. It's not like you're saying, well, you know, we signed Kevin Durant or we signed 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, or we signed Luka Doncic, or we signed LeBron James. That's not what this is. Oh, we signed Steph Curry. No, that's not. That's not what this is. This is another piece. All right, but you still need some more pieces because this is not as proven last year. This is not a playoff team. We're not even talking championship team. We're not even talking that. We're not. We're we're no. We're 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 nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. We're trying to get better. That's what we're trying to do. So if indeed they get through and they are able to sign Jalen Brunson and they, and that's one piece, then the question becomes, what's the next step, right? Because you know, I, do you keep Cam Reddish? Does he move to the starting rotation? Do you, does he play? I mean, what what happens next with this team? That's the scary part of this. Okay, that's the that's the interesting thing that I want to see where they would try to go. Okay, so according to Spotrack, which keeps you know keeps track of salaries in sports, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Duran will free up thirty two point four million dollars in cap space. For the Knicks, netting them around $30 million of practical space as the 22-23 year uh, league year opens. And, uh, you know, free agency begins 11 o'clock. I think it's Thursday night or Friday night. So that, that that's where you are. And, of course, these are unofficial exits, you know, because you, you can't really officially make a deal yet. <clears throat> right. You're not that good. Uh, at NYG says, Larry, I'm just overall not sure about Brunson, especially if they're talking about giving him a max. I'm just not sure if he's worth it. And he, look, you can say that about any athlete. I'm not sure he's worth it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that that's what, I'm not sure that's the way I want to go. I, I don't know if he's worth all that money. He, he, uh, a player is worth what the market will bear. And the market will bear him because of the season he had last year. A pretty good amount of money. Okay? They will earn pretty good amount of money. Pretty good. Okay? So whether you think he's worth it or not, he's going to get it from some place. Maybe you get it from Dallas. But again, again, if you're a Nick fan, whether you're really whether you really like him or you don't like him if they are if they are really working hard to sign him you would like to see them finally sign whom then who their number one choice is going to be cuz last year Evan Fournier was not their number one choice to sign and we know Kemba Walker was definitely not their number one choice to obtain now remember According to published reports, the Mavericks are willing to give Brunson a five-year deal in the ballpark of, you know, well, all right. Fred Van Fleet signed a four-year $85 million deal. I wanted Van Fleet. Okay. Better shooter, I think, than Brunson. Better guard than Brunson. So I wanted him. So, but what happens is because <laughs> you're the Knicks, you're going to end up paying a little bit more to get who you want. Isn't it ridiculous? Is, isn't it just, isn't it just, is, is it, 
We keep going through this over and over and over again. Bruce is in. What's up, Bruce? You're next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, what's going on? I can't, hey, I can't believe I got it. Uh, I'm, I'm aggravated. Uh, what have the Knicks become with Jalen Brunson? Maybe a, a playing team? I, I mean, he's an undersized guard who benefited from playing with Luka, who teams had the game plan against. And on top of it, you're going to have to overpay him. And it just – and would they really be going after him if he didn't have all the ties to the people that are connected with the Knicks? Leon Rose's son's the agent. His father works with the team. Is this who really? Is this who they would really be going for? I highly doubt well, it. Well, I'd I don't know, Bruce, because they hired his father <laughs> recently to join them to make sure that they locked him in. It was almost like a college recruiting situation. And that is that's that's just pathetic. I'd rather keep the options open. You just cleared up more cap space, I, and I don't know how it how it could possibly happen. But the biggest thing is if you had the cap space, keep the options open for when Donovan Mitchell publicly says he wants out of Utah and he wants to come to New York. I know it's not going to be easy, but one of the things you're going to need is cap space. And, I mean, we need a point guard. Jalen Brunson is not the answer going forward. He averages, what, two, three assists a game. He had one big game in the playoffs. He scored 40, and everyone got all giddy. I mean – it's ridiculous, and, and and like I said before, and you got to overpay him on top of it. I just, I just don't, I don't see how this makes make the, makes the Knicks that much better. All right, Bruce, I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, last season, Jalen Brunson averaged 16.3 points per game, uh, 4.8 assists. Uh, shot 37% from three um, and averaged a little over 32 minutes. Well, that's going up. <laughs> we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how his stats, if his stats will improve or drop <laughs> because 31 minutes, 32 minutes, nah. <laughs> I see easy 40 minutes a game for Jalen Brunson. Easy, easy. More of your calls, 1-800-919-3776. And weigh in on our poll question on Twitter. Also, before we uh, continue our conversations of the Knicks, but we're also checking on our local baseball teams. Yankees now, what is it? What is it, Snake? 35 games over 500? 35? And, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hit it. Shout out the A's tonight. Shout out Let's the go A's. Yankees. Uh, yeah, tonight. They did. Let's go Yankees. All right, enough. This, this, this is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Nick fans, what would you rather see happen? Sign Jalen Brunson, send three number ones for Delonte Murray, or trade for uh, Trey Jones, the backup point guard to Ja Morant down in Memphis. Hmm. I hear what you're saying. I just... Somehow, and we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully, as a Nick fan, uh, Murray doesn't end up somewhere else for less. But it's hard for me to think that San Antonio would let Murray go for three number ones and not another player they could put in their roster now 
to replace Murray. Right? Look, I understand you're building for the future. I understand you want to let him go. I understand you don't think you're going to be able to sign him and you're going to build and, and let's go. I, I, I kind of understand that. I would be hurt if I were a uh, Spurs fan, but but I do understand that thought process. I do. But once again, I just have, I mean, I just have, um, you know, I just don't think that the Knicks have what anybody wants. I mean, look at this deal they got with Detroit to clear cap space. Okay. They had to trade Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and two, two second round picks and still had to send them $6 million. They don't have anything anybody wants. They don't. All right. Look, look and of course the rumors about, Murray going to the Hawks. First it was John Collins. Now it turns out it's not John Collins. It's it's it could be Danilo Gallinari. And the three first round picks. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, okay, let's be honest, Nick fans. Who do we have monetarily? Monetarily. Um, who do they have that would fit, that would be Danilo Gallinari? Evan Fournier? Not that the money they're paying him. Not that money. I just, I, I, it just, it really goes to show you just how lacking the Knicks are, talent-wise. It just does. Lee's in Brooklyn. What's up, Lee? Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Sorry about that. Um, enjoying the show, man. That was Thank absolutely you, hilarious. When you said they never have that A plan. They, they never always do. have to be. Yeah, 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 and, and, and basically since, you know, we can go back to the days of Patrick Ewing. That, that was the A plan. But, um, you know, what's interesting is that the Knicks have a good team. Um, them not allowing something to build like a Steph Curry or, a, a, you know, Clay Thompson kind of thing was, all of a sudden, the team was magnificent. Got Dallas with um, what's the name you just mentioned, John Morant with um, with uh, down there, Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. Memphis, and mm-hmm. and so people Luka are there, Dallas, they're building mean? teams. I right. think I think that they're going to go to the second round. I think that basically the Knicks are going to have a good season. If they want to add a piece, we're not adding any superstars, and basically we're just we're adding pieces. We're adding people that are. Good players. Another guy now. You mentioned. You mentioned Jalen Brunson. I mean, I don't. I don't see it. These guys. I don't. I don't see them being those superstars. So no, they uh, until they can basically acquire that, or somebody on the team develops or gets to that point to where they finally come out the bag. They finally, you know, get out of you know basically just being a, a regular good player. But they basically see them, and I think that. Players can become that, but sometimes they get held back. And there's mm-hmm. different reasons why they hold themselves back from becoming uh, a great player. Well, you're right, Lee. And, and some of it is, and thanks for the phone call, some of it very simply is opportunity. Some of it is playing time, plain and simple, playing time. That's what it is. And once again, and it, it, we say it over and over and over and over again. We do all the time. 
I don't know what these young players the Knicks have really are. We, we've seen good and bad from Quickly, and he's gotten really probably of the young players moving R.J. Barrett aside, but the young players since uh, Tom Thibodeau has become head coach, he probably, I would say, has gotten the most consistent playing time of any of the young players that the Knicks have drafted since Tom Thibodeau has been head coach. And you're still not really sure. You, he's a good. You can see that he could be a really good player, right? You can see that his handles improved, shot selection sometimes a little drives you a little crazy. Um, he's doing a better job going north and south as opposed to east west. I don't know if that's how the offense goes or whatever, but sometimes you see him go east west. Now he, last year I thought you saw him take a step to going to the basket and do that little little floater, uh, which he was had major props in his rookie year with the floater. Then he seemed, I think people took it away from him. And then what happened to him last year was he started to become a liability defensively. And so I guess from Tom Thibodeau, that may have limited some of his minutes and he just didn't shoot well. And part of it, I believe was him, you know, well, let's see if he can play the point. Well, let's see if he can be the shooter. Let's see if he can do both. Let's see if he can play, you know, and I think the, okay, how the, which is the toughest thing for a guard, a lead guard, is, okay, when do I, when's the moment I pick my spots to score and when's the moment I have to get everybody else scoring? And I think he struggled with that a little bit last year, right? Especially when Julius Randle was struggling because you're, the offense is built around Randle. So if you're giving it to him and he's not doing anything, okay, I gave it to him, I gave it to him, let me pick my spot, but now you haven't gotten into the flow of the game as far as your shot is concerned. And then there were times where he was just on fire when he was just, listen, we'll take you off the ball, and then he was just shooting. So consistency and playing time for young players, I get you have to earn it, but you also, as a coach, you got to have that fine line to say, well, listen, I need to find out what this kid can do. All right, so out of all... Obi Toppin was, and that and and remember, IQ was a second round pick. Obi Toppin was your first round pick, number eight. And because he played the same position as Julius Randle, he didn't play a lot. And last year, I thought he should have gotten some more minutes because Randle struggled. And so that should have earned him more minutes. And when it was all over, and he was able to get more minutes, you saw a little bit more of what he can do. Can he do that consistently? I can't tell you. I don't know. He doesn't play enough. I don't know what Obi Toppin is. I know what he could be. He could be a pretty good player. Maybe he's a guy that's your first forward coming off the bench. Maybe that's what he is where you can put him in, you know, up-tempo situations and he hits the three. He shows a little bit more consistency hitting the three. Maybe that's what he is. And offensively can get you some rebounds and play pretty good defense. Maybe he's your first forward off the bench. I don't know. Maybe he's a starter. I don't know. Can't tell you. Haven't seen enough. And the sad thing is, I don't know if the Knicks can tell you. Because I don't know that they've seen enough of him to know. It's not good. And so when you're trying to evaluate talent and trying to evaluate where you are and what you need, how can you do that when you've got all these young talent sitting on the bench and you don't know what you have? And then, as I mentioned before, 
as an opposing team, I'm saying, well, this guy can't be that good. Otherwise, he'd be playing. There's a reason why he's not playing. There's a reason why these players aren't playing. I get Thibodeau, but still, there's got to be a reason why these guys aren't playing. And so if they're not good enough to play for you, why would I think they're good enough to play for me? You must have questions. So if you got questions, I know I got questions. I'm a little upset at Houston, the Mets record against Houston. And I realize that the Astros are a really good team. I get to the calls in a second. I realize that. I realize their pitching staff is excellent. I understand. I know that the Astros have won all three games against the Mets, outscoring them 22-6 after the 9-1 win tonight. And Justin Verlander's on the hill tomorrow against Taiwan Walker. So I don't expect a whole lot of runs to be scored tomorrow either. It's just, these are the, and, you know, what are they, five and five and seven against the Mets and Yankees? And, and uh, of, I'm sorry, five and two in seven games against the Mets and Yankees, and the two wins, they split with the Yankees, two, uh, split the four games with the Yankees, and they've got two more. And they've won all three with the Mets. So, uh, this is, here's what's frustrating for me is and it just takes me back. Why do you, why did Houston feel the need to have to cheat to win? This team is, this is a very good team. As Jake the Snake pointed out, look who they've lost. And they're still right there. As a matter of fact, they now, they have, you know, they've got a great record. They've got a great record. They're still, they're still playing well. Even after losing guys like Cole and and all the play, all the people they've lost, all the everyday players they've lost. Now, Larry, can I just jump in and ask you a question real quick? Oh, yes. How many Yankee fans out there do you think there still are that believe that Houston is only good because of cheating? Because you know I'm a diehard Yankees fan, but it's hard to sit here and say that they're a product only because of the cheating. Because as you mentioned, that I mentioned to you. They've lost Garrett Cole. They've lost Granke. And I know those are pitchers, but on the offensive side, they lost George Springer. They lost Carlos Correa. And it seems like they haven't even missed a beat. So as a Yankee fan, it stinks, but it's hard for me to admit that this team was only good because of the cheating. So it's kind of, I don't want to close that door, but as a Yankee fan, it's hard for me to say that they're only good because of the cheating. But I understand why you would say that in the sense of because you were right there with them in that series. Uh, do I think that it played a factor in the series? I, I truthfully believe that, and, and it might There's be no because I'm a did. Yankees fan. But There's no question they did. It's just it, frustrating. It, to your point, why did they have to do it? They were exactly. already so good. I mean, what it did was it made, it made a great team greater, right? That's what it did. Because here's the thing. I don't care who it is. If I know what's coming, that makes my job that much easier. I'm not guessing. Absolutely. If I know what's coming, all right, fastball, okay, I don't even have to worry about location. I'll figure it out. You tell me I don't have to worry about I can, You got a guy that throws four different pitches, fastball, curve, slider, screwball, forkball, whatever, and, and, and whatever, a changeup. And you're telling me, I'm looking, I'm wondering, okay, it's, it's 3-1, what's he going to throw me? And I know it's a fastball, give me a break. 
That makes my job. I, I now become a 500 hitter. <laughs> 500. And you, know, you know the scariest part, too, is they replace the guys like Carlos Correa and George Springer with arguably players that are better. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, Tucker and Alvarez, they did a lot of damage against the Mets tonight, but it's not just against the Mets. It's against no. everyone. They, they are two of the better young players. And Larry... I saw this on Twitter, and I just want to make sure if it was it was either today or yesterday. But Jordan Alvarez just turned oh. 25 years old. Isn't that amazing? What is he eating? <laughs> he looks like, yeah, so yesterday was his 25th birthday. The guys look like he's 40 for the last five years since he I entered know. the league. And he's already one of, if not the best lefty hitter in all of baseball. So the Astros definitely did a good job there with Alvarez and Tucker. But again... It seems like this is a team that's been good for the last five years, and every time in the ALCS, when you think about which team is going to be there, the Astros have been in the conversation for the last half decade. They have. And the whole other thing is Altuve is still good, and he and that team revolves around him. And every time He's the engine that goes. And every time Yankees fans try to get in his head, it does the complete opposite effect. So maybe next time the Astros Leave come into town, yeah, let's just maybe give them an applause. Maybe that'll be the reverse <laughs> psychology. I don't know what to do, but it is frustrating as a Yankees fan to see the guy that we hate more than anyone always seem to get the last laugh. So I know he just cont- and they continue to play well. They continue. They continue to. They continue to do a great job. It's 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 scary. It really is. It really is. And it's really frustrating because you see how good they are. And the pitching staff, and I don't know what they do with the pitchers. Pitchers go there, they're, eh, they come out of there, they're, they're like Hall of Famers. <laughs> Makes you wonder if they're doing something with the pitching also. Just saying, just saying. But the Mets have not been able to get anything going with them. They've, they've just been, they've dominated them offensively. And the Mets have not been able to get much going against them. So it's been, it's been kind of a one-sided affair. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe Verlander will have a bad game. And once again, listen, I'm, am I disappointed? Yeah, because I want my team to be competitive. right? I want my team to be competitive. I want these to be competitive games. I don't have to worry about it. I'm not fair. I have to worry about the Astros till the World Series. I'm good. I don't have to worry about them till maybe the World Series. But, you know, once again, it's, it's like, man, can, can, I, can, I, can I at least be entertained by them? There's been so many one-sided affairs just hasn't been good. Hasn't been good at all. 1-800-919-3776. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. You know, Larry, uh, uh, Gordon, nobody talks about this, but did you see Durant in the four games against Boston? He didn't look that good anymore. I think he was worn out. He turned the ball over. I mean, true, Boston had a great defense. You know, that thing that's never talked about, he may be on on a decline. What is he, 34? Not all these guys can stay that good at that age, you know? Yeah, that's true. And he started, well, he's been playing 16, 17 years. He's about oh, 32, yeah. I think. He's 32. put a lot of wear and tear yeah. on his legs. Yes. So, yes. I mean, you know, we got to wait and see. He may not be a superstar anymore. Uh, as far as Kyrie, this is an ideal situation for the Nets. They get a good break on this because he's going to have to play for his supper now. So that's good. He'll be playing hard because any shenanigans, he won't get signed by any teams. And nobody's going to give him bonuses and, uh, you know, good salary and all that because they'll know that this guy just won't, you know, he won't put in the work that it takes. So he's got to be on his best behavior, and that's good for the Nets. So let's get a break with this. I am a little surprised nobody would take a chance on him. Nobody. That's, that's you know, you always think maybe well, one team. 
Not yeah. one team was going to take a bit a chance on him, though. But uh, that's good. So he's going to play for the Nets. And you know what? You know, in a sense, too, Larry Gordon, this gives the Nets more publicity. gives gives them uh, uh, keeps them relevant. And uh, you know, it's good. It's good. You know, and I like watching him play. You know, I could do without all the other stuff he puts on, but I still like watching him play. And uh, Hopefully Ben Simmons will come back. The Nets may have something. It's, it's about time they get some good luck now, you know? It would be nice, nice Richard. They, yeah, wouldn't it, Larry? It would be. Always it a pleasure, be. guys. All thanks. right, thanks, Richard. Thank, thanks, thanks. And Gordon thanks you, too. But he'll be on in the morning. He's off tonight. He'll be on tomorrow morning with Rick DiPietro, 5 to 8. Uh, the reason why there weren't a lot of suitors for Kyrie was because of the money. And he wanted a multi-year deal. No, I'm not. why would I give him a multi-year guaranteed contract? <laughs> I can't. So, yes, he will do that. But then here's the other side of it. And there's always going to be, Richard, there's always going to be somebody that's going to take a chance on that talent. There's always going to be somebody. I'm just saying. Whether it's two-year guarantee, but what, what is he going to want? Is he going to want a two-year guarantee, three-year guarantee? I mean, and, and you understand the guarantee because, you know, injury. But nevertheless, there's, there's going to be somebody that will take a chance on Kyrie Irving. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. After next year. Because what's going to happen? Like you said, Richard, he's going to be great next year. He's going to be on this best behavior, like a lot of teams in their walk year, like a lot of players in their walk year. And then we'll see if he'll change or if he'll go back to the way he was. Maybe he'll mature and not change. You know, Maybe he'll mature and change, rather. So we'll find out. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Nick fans, what would you rather see happen? Sign Jalen Brunson, send three number ones for Delonte Murray from the uh, San Antonio Spurs, or trade for Trey Jones, the backup point guard, to John Morant down in Memphis. And so far, it's not close. 67.4% of you say, send me the three number ones for Delonte Murray. 30.2% 30.2% of you say sign Jalen Brunson, and 23 say trade for Trey Jones. All right, so everybody has spoken. And what is so interesting is predominantly you all seem to think, A, that Jalen Brunson is not worth the money, that he's an undersized guard, that he's a guy that, um, you know, is not going to help you, and it, he's not worth the money. And I get that. But following a Dan Grosser treat, tweet, which I agree with, if they if this doesn't happen, what does this say about the Knicks? That we can't even overpay you to come? <laughs> or maybe it points them in a different direction. I don't know. I don't know. But it's 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 a fascinating thought. What if they don't get this done either? And then you still hear, right? You still hear comments about, you know, uh, maybe they'll, they're going to trade Evan Fournier. How, ba- how bad was last year's free agency for the Knicks? How bad was it? Kemba Walker, not here. Evan Fournier on the trading block. How bad? Was this free agent signings last year? Now, as I've said before, here's 
the positive to it. Here's the positive. If you're a glass half full person, here's what you're thinking. It didn't work. Let's erase it and move on. No need to try to figure out how. Let's try to fix it this way. Let's try to turn it around that way. Let's try to let's try to work. Let's try to, to, to maneuver this. It didn't work. Okay. It didn't work. Let's move on. Let's find this. Get rid of it. Find a way to move on. If that that's the glass half full person. They tried it. It didn't work. Let's go. It's kind of what. And for a team that's 35 games over 500, there's really nothing to complain about. But if there is one thing that Yankee fans complain about, it's Joey Gallo. So I'm sure at the trade deadline, people will be like, listen, nothing personal. Joey Gallo, you tried it. We won the left-handed bat. He wasn't the one. Move on. Let's move on. Let's get rid of him. Bye. <laughs> okay? So that's the positive side of what the Knicks are doing. If indeed they have to, if they decide to move on from Evan Fournier, it didn't work. Let's go. Bye. But what a waste of a year. And really, you kind of knew. You thought Fournier would be a little better than what he was. I'm sure I get that. And maybe if Randall was better, Fournier would have been better. But you knew you were really gambling with Kimber Walker and Derrick Rose because of their injury history. You knew you were just like if we could just if we could just piece together <laughs> these two guys, one to start the game, and one to um, one to start the game and one to end the game, we'd be in business. We would be in business, but that didn't happen, and so now you're trying to figure out. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? That's where we are. So we'll see what the Knicks will do. It's going to be an interesting trade situation. It's going to be an interesting free agent situation. Very quickly, let's talk a little bit about the Nets. And I was very curious to hear from our guy, who does a great job covering the Nets for us here at ESPN. And that is Nick Fidel. Did for years covered the Chicago Bulls. He was on Barton Hahn today. And he and Nick said, okay, all the stuff about Kyrie, you know, opting in and so on and so forth and whatnot, uh, just keep an eye on the other superstar, Kevin Durant. Kevin is the key in all of this because that entire organization revolves around Kevin Durant. They do everything they can to not only build around him, but to make sure that he's happy and in a good place. So we'll see what happens in the next year. We'll see if Kyrie can, can be out there every night and can play at that same high level with the consistency that's needed to be a great team in the league. And if it doesn't happen, then yeah, it sure seems like all the signs are pointing towards a big <laughs> mass exodus at the end of next season. But for now, they have a team. If you can get something out of Ben Simmons and you get Joe Harris healthy and he's back right alongside Seth Curry, they can shoot the heck out of the ball and they've got a group that they believe can really contend in the East. But as we know with this Brooklyn team, you never know what's going to happen until it does. 
the Nets have such pressure on them this season. And I agree with uh, Jay Williams of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, 6 to, I'm sorry, 8 to 10 here on 98.7 ESPN. The Nets have all the pressure. Everybody's looking at what's going to happen with that team. Everybody's going to wait and see what is Kyrie going to do next. Everybody's going to wait and see, can what will Ben Simmons play? And if he plays, how much will he play? And very quietly, how effective will he be? Now, once again, glass half full scenario, net fans with Kyrie and KD, um, Seth Curry, as Nick mentioned, Joe Harris, if he's able to come back and shoot the three at close to the way he was, he doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is play defense, move the basketball, get you a couple of rebounds. You don't need him to do what he had to do in Philly. So from that scenario, you'll be better. You're not expecting you're expecting you're expecting him to be good at what he's doing, but you don't need him to score that much. That's my point, especially in the fourth quarter. You have to worry about him. Oh God, they're gonna make me go to the free throw. You have to worry about that. You have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. He'll be okay. The person that has also a lot of pressure on them is Steve Nash. Okay, Emi Udoka was an assistant to Steve Nash. Oh, by the way, he may took Boston to the NBA Finals this year. And he was on the staff. And I believe, if memory serves me correct, he was also interviewed to possibly be a head coach for the Nets. And he left, good wishes, and got a spot in Boston. Hmm. Would it have been any different how this season would have gone? Would it be, would we be talking about how the Nets were one shot or two away? What would we have been saying? Hmm. We'll never know. Steve's in Queens. Hey, Steve, you're next on 98.7. Steve. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Okay, so, you know, I, I've been listening to Hardesty and whoever's been calling in tonight. Everyone's complaining. I don't know why you just focused on one player, Jalen Brunson. Okay, he's a good complimentary piece. We can agree on that, correct? Yeah. Okay, so I'm pretty sure this new front office, they're not going to stop just with Jalen Brunson. If they do just stop with Jalen Brunson, yeah, they're probably not even going to contend for a play-in spot, maybe the last spot, but... I mean, you look at guys, look look at teams like the Hornets. They're they're putting two of the three top guys who are really good players out there. Rozier, Miles Bridges, they're trading these guys. You got all these picks. You still got a guy like Randall. You still got a, a quickly. You still got. Um, I wouldn't trade. They're not going to trade Barrett, but you know, you still got. Um, Reddish is probably just a throw-in. Fournier, though, could be a little bit useful. You put those picks with like three or four of those players, and you bring back a Rozier, you bring back a Miles Bridges, and you sign a Brunson. Now you got a solid team, and you and you re-sign Mitch Robinson. Um, you got a team there. You got a you got a nice nucleus there. They're young, and you can do something. And Brunson's a guy who's just on the uptick. I compare him to a guy like Justin Turner when he left the Mets and went to the Dodgers. Mm. And everyone's like, what's the big deal? You know, he's just a role player, blah, blah, blah. He turned into a guy that was in the heart of their of their offense. To me, mm-hmm. Brunson's on that uptick. So you might as well get him now. And if you just stop at Brunson, I agree. And all Knicks fans who are, you know, moaning and complaining, I agree. That's not going to move the needle. 
But uh, just give it time. You know, I, I think it's part of a bigger plan, part of one of like maybe two or three steps, and let those steps play out. You know, then then I think I think we're gonna have we at least get one or two more pieces aside from Brunson, and then you can you know. I think it's too early to judge is basically my my opinion on this. I hear what you're saying, Steve, and you're right. And thanks for the phone call. And we've also said that we want to wait and see what else they're going to do. They have asked what else are they going to do after they get Brunson if they make that move. So there's no question. The concern, I think, from Nick fans is that they want them to have a player where they're not uh, having to spend a lot of money for. Okay a player who they don't believe they don't have this. They don't look at Jalen Brunson the same way you do, Steve. And I think part of it is because of where he was understanding that he played alongside a very talented player in Luka Doncic and the money they're over, they're they're overpaying him in a in a sense, you know, you're paying him 25 or more million where it's rumored to be four years, a hundred million. It may not, maybe less, maybe more. I don't know. But the Knicks don't look at him as the single player. You're right. They don't look at him as he's our game changer. Oh, we're going to win now. We got him. No, they look at him as another piece. We agree on that. The question is, do you have the confidence that they will be able to make the moves to bring the folks in that they need to, especially after what happened last season? I think that's the concern that other Knicks fans have besides you, Steve. The biggest problem you have uh, is Joey Gallo not hitting and Aaron Boone saying, I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to say I'm the best player on the team, even though he is. <laughs> and that's the only problems you got. That's it. That's it. Must be nice. Thompson Carteret. Tom, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, hey Larry, I think you missed one problem over there. What's that? Um, the Chapman's coming back. Nah, but listen, you got options though. Even if, if you got options, just you got keep options. Holmes is good. You know, you can put. Listen, and and Boone Boone has already started to give you his thought process right now, and he did it on with Michael K. You know, he and Aaron Boone they chat on the Michael K. Show every Thursday at four, and already Boone has indicated that he's going to spread this situation around. Thanks for the phone call. He's going to be in a scenario where, listen, if I've got a big spot in the eighth inning, he may bring Chapman in there. Right? He might. He may put Holmes in the spot. You never know. And I think, obviously, King is in the mix, too. And Loisega is going to come back. You, you, and if he can give you anything close to what he did last year, you... you You'll be—you can have a five-inning save. You have a five-inning start from your pitchers, and they've gone longer. They've done well. The starters have done well. So I hear what you're saying. I understand that you know, Advil Yankee fans are going back to the store, <laughs> trying to make sure they get that pain reliever, that headache, because of uh, you know Chapman coming back. But let's face it, you guys are spoiled. You had the greatest closer ever, Mariano Rivera. And even he had a hiccup every once in a while. They're human. They're going to make mistakes. I get that you're done with Chapman. I understand it. I understand that he's been standing on the mound in the postseason after giving up home runs and you're done. I get it. I get it. But keep this in mind. 
Holmes has been phenomenal. I agree. Phenomenal. And from what Jake the Snake tells me, he's a really great guy too. But the bottom line here is this. The more he is seen, the pressure is on him to make adjustments because batters will make adjustments to him. Okay? So I wouldn't want to just say adios to Raldis Chapman yet. I mean, you know, he's not going to be here next year because I think his contract's up this year. You're not signing. You're not bringing him back. Not now. You've got your clothes of the future. This is a little wetland Mariano, right? You know, you got him here and, you know, you got you got the guy to go a couple of innings and now, boom, he'll be the, he'll be the closer next year. No, you need to rush. You got your closer. You're lucky. You got the, you've got young arms that get the job done and you don't have to pay him a lot of money yet. You got no problems. You could be Boston. <laughs> you could be Philly dying for a closer. Help, help. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? Last thing we got our problem on, you know, the Mets, they're booking their World Series ticket. If they meet the Houston Astros in the series, it'll be over in three games. They are yeah. getting their butts kicked. It's going to be a sweep. They'll get shot tomorrow by Justin Verlander. The Mets, as good as they are, and at the trade deadline, where do we go? Do we boost the offense? Because Marte keeps getting banged up. McNeil keeps getting banged up. Every other game, Alonso get, get, get hit by a darn pitch. Their bullpen tree is garbage. Seth Lugo, someone took over his body. He's been garbage all year. The the starting rotation, Carrasco, Cookie, well, that Cookie is broken in pieces. That's one broken Cookie. He's getting beat up. McGill's, we he took over uh, the Grom. Now he's injured. Peterson, oh, God knows with him. If you're the Mets, you got to focus on the bullpen, try and get a back-end starter. The offense, may maybe hope and pray. But the Mets, that looked so good early on, you got holes everywhere. DH, black hole, the bullpen, black hole, pitching, who's injured. This team, if they meet the Houston, they're done, it's over. I guess you got to hope and pray that you meet the Yankees. But this team, and a 10-game lead is now down to four. The Braves are nipping at their heels. Flushing, you got a big problem. Big, big problem in Flushing, Queens right now. Well, I'll say this, Mike, and thanks for the phone call. It, it, the Mets need bullpen help. There's no question about it. And I think that will be their priority. Um, that, that's what you need. You got to get the bullpen rolling. You got to get it fixed. You, you need some arms there. Do you need another bat? Maybe. I guess so. Possibly. But remember, they're still playing well. They're still winning games. They're still playing well. You can't control Atlanta. Atlanta is not going to continue to play this way. There's nothing you can do about Atlanta until you play them. So there's no need to worry about them. As long as you keep doing what you can, handle your business. And I'm hoping that's what a seasoned veteran leader like Buck Showalter is able to continue to tell his guys. Hey, guys, let's handle our business. Okay, that's what we need to do. Don't worry about Atlanta. Don't worry about Philly. Don't worry about Miami. Don't worry about anybody until you play them. All right, they, they still had one of the best records in baseball before this loss to the Strohs. Okay, so I'm still not worried. I'm still not worried. I know they need bullpen help. We knew they were going to need bullpen help at the start of the season. Now, uh, Scherzer moved his 
his rehab start back to tomorrow. He wanted, once again, everybody tells me he knows his body. He knows his body. I'm not worried about that. As long as he and DeGrom are ready by September going into the stretch of the postseason, we're good. We're good. McGill injured, yes. Peterson, listen, he pitched better. He finally went seven innings. That's a good thing. Jackson, Manhattan. What's up, Jack? Hey, what's going on? I'm on. Um, I want to talk about the Yankees, mm-hmm. uh, about the pitching tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I don't know if you, if you noticed, but the, every time Aaron Judge was pitched tonight, he struck out three out of four times. I'm not going to say every single time he strikes, strikes out as the umpire's problem, but the, the, the strike zone was extremely bad tonight. He couldn't adjust it. Um, I was just wondering uh, what's your opinion about that. Well, Jack, it, it, as you mentioned, and thanks for the phone call, uh, it's the reason why Aaron Boone got tossed tonight is because Judge is 6'7", and the strike zone never changes. And so it is a concern. It's an issue. And it's been an issue since he's been in the majors. And so, you know, no, we're not going to say that every time he strikes out, I agree with you, it's not the umpire's fault. But really good players have the respect of the umpires as far as what's a strike and what isn't. And that's usually to their advantage and to the pitcher's disadvantage. And that's something that Judge is not getting consistently. Because the strike zone isn't consistent. It's too low on a number of occasions. He's six seven. <laughs> okay? That you gotta make the adjustment. You should make the adjustment. It's not like and just think, look what he's able to do with a floating strike zone. <laughs> Gosh. It would be unbelievable if they got the strike zone together. But, yeah, there's no question. It's been an issue. It's been an issue. And it will continue to be an issue. And, oh, by the way, the uh, computerized strike zone is not going to help you either. Because <laughs> it doesn't work either. That's why it's not That's why it's not in the majors yet. This is still struggling in the minors. Still struggling. This is ESPN New York Tonight.